how to put English on the basketball. Welcome to episode eight, or should I say episode late of With the English Podcast. Me and Sam have had busy schedules for the last two weeks, so we haven't been on doing this. But we're finally here, and in that time, the finals have been played. Uh, it went five games. Denver win. Congratulations to Denver, except for uh, Michael Malone. Um, I can't even remember our predictions, Sam. Did we say... Denver in six. That was the consensus. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't. I think we both we both didn't expect a a sort of easy series for for Denver, which it turned out to be. Yeah, it was. Uh, I guess I don't want to be the you know the, one of those guys that say the the finals were no good and for the casuals it was rubbish, but. It just wasn't competitive, to be honest. It was interesting, Miami picking up that game too, but I don't know if you saw that game. It it was just Miami went nuts in the fourth quarter. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it was a case of Miami played better. Jimmy Butler, would you agree that he looks like he was harbouring an injury? Uh, I mean, I watch extended highlights and... I didn't see it myself. I saw him making some bad decisions in the last game. Obviously, that's going to be the fresh in the memory. I think there was one point when the game got down. To, it was, I think there was three or four points in it, and he and he took a three, and I probably could have waited for a better shot. Um, I think he tried forcing a lot of stuff. But I don't think yeah. he he might have had a knock. Everyone's carrying knock. The thing is, everyone's carrying knocks. This this time of the year, you've got to play through injury. You got to play through injury. You're playing. So yeah, don't get me wrong. He he didn't. He didn't use any excuses. I just felt, given seeing, you know, how he was playing in the previous rounds, he just looked, in comparison, he looked a bit pedestrian. Um, but then again, you know, Denver have too much, to be honest. The, the talent yeah. was there, the depth the depth was there. If You know, I mentioned in the previous episode, of, you know, Murray was having a bad night, Jokic turns up, and vice versa, and then the role players, Gordon... Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Brown and KCP, who you know I know well from from the Lakers, yeah. um, from the Lakers team, and they just had all the right pieces together at the right time, and they made sure they capitalised on that opportunity. Yeah, and they just they went different ways. It was just you know game four. I just thought the rebounding was was much better. Um, M- Murray had quite high turnover that game. Um, he had high points, but he had a high turnover. And actually over the series, when I, on a lot, some of the highlights stuff you saw, and, and when I looked through the box scores as well, if you look at it, even if you, even if you haven't watched the games in depth and analysed it bit game by game, so have a look at the box scores, have a look at the highlights. You don't see a lot of Miami turnovers, but there was a few on, on Denver, but Denver were that good. They were able to have turnovers and still, come out with the game. And that's the thing with Miami. Miami played that sort of... The reason I got to finals was because they played that impressive sort of mistake-free or mi- very minimal mistake-free games, you know, making the right shot and making the right choices. And yet they did that majority of the time in this. You know, I know, like I say, Butler a couple of times, you know, but otherwise they were quite... They just were outmatched. It was just... You know they are a very good team, Denver. That you know they they have got you know three four players that 
that could start from from you know majority of teams that are legit contenders because you know there's only ever four five six legit contenders but those players could fit into most teams so they are deep and yeah, Amalone's, just, um... Amalone's a good coach even though he's is he living rent free yeah, in your yeah. head or vice versa I don't know I don't know I think I think it's a bit of both to be honest <laughs> it it's um it's funny you picked up on the turnovers um, because you are right. Because there was one game, I can't remember if it was game five or game four. Yeah, Denver turned the ball over quite a bit. And I think the points of turnovers was like seven or eight. And mm-hmm. so Miami were capitalising when Denver were having those sort of rushed moments. It must have been game five because I think, you know, close out game, the banners are there, the T-shirts are there, the hats are there. You've got to put this away. And Denver started off, quite sloppy but yeah you're right they they had so much like talent uh doesn't matter about the turnovers they got enough to to still continue to win regardless you see a lot of teams well most teams if if you've got a lot of turnovers you're probably gonna probably gonna lose the game yeah yeah and I think that's that's what lets a lot of team down you know like I say Celtics had more than Miami um and uh, and that's why in the end the the Miami Heat got through to to the finals. Although it would have been interesting to see a team that could match them for talent in the finals, but obviously the Heat just does, doesn't have that. But you know, Bams can hit and miss, and Butler then tries to take over. But I I think you know Butler getting older now means that you know his his time and his windows getting short. So it's going to be an interesting off season for yeah. Miami. Very interesting off season, and I suppose we should. Now talk about the off season, considering we're there and the NBA doesn't stop. It's dra- it's full of drama, and oh, we're yes. happy that the Denver we're happy Denver finished in five games because we were all waiting for Giants' um, decision. Uh, yes. I think some people were more excited for that than who who was the winner of the finals. <laughs> to be honest, and strangely enough, it got announced today um, that Ja Morant is uh, facing a twenty five game. Suspension. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts first? Well, they had to increase it from the previous, or you know, they had to stay consistent. They couldn't have this second offence. Uh, even though he technically didn't break a law, from my understanding, the state he was in, uh, you're allowed to carry, and obviously he wasn't shooting anyone. But obviously, the perception of it um, isn't great. But I don't think it was necessarily for the video itself. I think it's all the other stuff that comes with it. The stuff that he's, you know, apparently done multiple times with the gun. It's kind of like you can't, you can't do that when you're a rumble to like take it. Rumors of taking it on planes, rumors of having it in the locker room or near in your car outside in, you know, the game outside the arena. I just think you need to nip it in the bud. You're a role model, and and I know my one of my all-time favorites said that I'm not a role model, and that was quite a controversial thing to say back in the '90s with Barkley and stuff. But you are especially in this day and age, on social media. I get that you don't have to act your best necessarily all the time, but if you're going on your social media page and then you're not acting in a way that's going to help your brand, you're, you're, you're looking cheap. So you're not only affecting your brand, you're also affecting the league because it's not like it's it's your employer. It's your employer's rights. It's not your rights. It's your employer rights. You've given up a lot of your sort of, not human rights, but your rights to play in the NBA because you don't get to choose where you go. Yeah, you know, I agree. You, you know, so and you know the rules, the terms and conditions, as you we would say, are that you've got to act in a certain manner and things like that. And and he hasn't. So I think it's a fair. I think it's fair. 
in my opinion. What about you? Have you had a slightly different take on it? Or? Well, just to take on your last point there, you know, Shaq said, you know, weeks ago when it happened that when you sign an NBA contract, you can't have a normal life. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you are in the spotlight and we're not talking about, you know, who, a player who's it, like playing for the Hornets and he's like in the second unit. This is Ja Morant who could potentially be one of the biggest superstars in the league. He's must-see TV. And you mentioned it with the, you know, this is not his first incident. It's not even his first incident brandishing a gun on Instagram. I understand America's different. You know, if it happened in England, if it was a Premier League footballer, he'd be breaking the law as well. So, you know, there would be a lot coming down there. But I think he almost takes, you know, the piss out of, what happened the first time with the gun, you know, mm-hmm. having that statement, which was a PR statement, obviously, talking about this eight-day hiatus in Florida or whatever it was, doing an interview with Jalen Rose, all the apologies, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes and does it a few weeks later. It's almost like two fingers up at Adam Silver. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you add all, if it's an isolated incident, it's just the once, 25 games is fair enough. You could argue that it's too much. Because there's all these little things beforehand and all the apologies and who he is, he's, you know, like I say, he's probably one of the top stars. I, I, I think Adam Silver should have been a bit a bit stronger to make a point. What's going to happen after 25 games? He's still got, what, three quarters of the season. Is he going to do it again? That would be my question. Yeah, but I think, you know, it is the fitness of... Of the of the of the NBA is gonna he's gonna be affected by that. So even when he comes back, he's gonna he's it's gonna take several games. It's gonna take several games for him to then get into shape, I suppose. And so it does affect him for pretty much half. Yeah, but take the basketball activity aside. Is it gonna make him learn? That's my question. It would. Yeah, I'd like to think he will. I mean, the problem is he's he's a rich kid that's trying to act gangster and he's more yeah. worried about the gangster image than he is about his basketball image. And like that's say, a hilarious thing. He never he never came from that background. <laughs> so why are you trying to live that life? You've you've been given a, a fantastic opportunity to have a fantastic life. It's clear he has the wrong people around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, I would... You know, I, I would give anything to have a slightly be- better background than what I had, um, and and I th- I'm sure people that were a bit more gangstery or whatever, and, and obviously mine's nowhere near the ghettos of 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 some of, you know, uh, Chicago's, Philadelphia's of 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 the world um, of USA. But, but you like, live in Winchester. Yeah, but I still live in a council house my whole life, and I would have liked to live in an owned house. And, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, spit family, not not knowing my father. So very similar to a lot of people that come into the league in America and then talk about their life. I just don't do the whole religious side of it as much as they do, but very similar stuff. But I would, I wouldn't, I would happily, and I would, I'd be quite happy. But I, I wouldn't try and act differently. I try and better myself. He's already got a stable life. No mum and dad together. Went to a nice school. Blah blah blah, and then. He's hanging around with some guys that he probably went to school with, probably similar as well. So not necessarily that they are, you know, super ghetto-y. He might have met guys along the way from basket, you know, basketball camps and stuff. I, I don't know because I don't know enough about the friendship group he's hanging around with. And those guys might have been a bit more ghetto-y. But then you just got to look at it and go, and I know this is, and it is a real, real life situation. And the film obviously is a bit fabricated. But you look at the Coach Carter situation where 
you've got a poor background, all these ghetto kids, and it's like this one person that's trying to inspire them and make them better people. And and obviously so much so that he obviously hit the news and then they made a film out of the the situation. But like there's role models around for these people to get better. He had that role model of his family, from my understanding. And he's in the league, he's got role models there. Maybe not necessarily in Memphis. Are you saying that Jar Moran are you saying that Jar Moran needs Samuel L. Jackson? He needs Samuel, he does. That's what he needs. He needs Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> he, or, or the real Coach Carter. Um, but yeah, yeah Coach he, Carter, the sequel. Yeah, you can you can do this, get 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 him in. But yeah, you've got all these people that will inspire and want to help him. Um even if there's not always the right intention for it, because there's gonna be people that be like, oh, I can make some money out of this, I'll help him. The point is he's got a lot of opportunities. It's not like me or you, if we really needed like mental health or psychiatrist support, like it sounds like he needs. Yes, we've got the free healthcare in England, but I've been through it the last sort of year or two. And it takes ages to get to that point, and it's 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 spent it can get expensive to go privately. He's got the money to do that. He's got all the money has, in the world yeah. to be able to get the best uh, medical care he wants, whether that's physical or mental. And he's got to tap into yeah. that over, over these next few months, but from a mental perspective and get himself ready. He's essentially abusing his 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 position, isn't he, really? Yeah. And then there's no there's absolutely no need for it. He just got to get out of this mindset of I'm a I'm a bad man. Be a bad man on the court, as Shaq would say, and Charles would say, don't be a bad man off the court and be, you know, be that man on the on the court that's the that gives their all and, and he kind of does you know a lot of people compare him to Alan Iverson in many ways of his explosiveness obviously he travels more than Iverson did but he he generally is a good player and I I think he's an exciting player it's a shame that he's going to be his career could potentially be ruined from this because it, it depending on how he deals with the off the 25 games yeah don't get me wrong I you know I might not I might not agree with the, the punishment but I do hope that you know he doesn't go downhill. You know, I love watching him play, and I want to see him have a long, successful career in the NBA. Um, maybe not in Memphis, but you know, <laughs> teams aside, yeah, you don't want you don't want that to happen. No. Um, to him, he's a, he's a fantastic player. Um, I guess speaking of uh, people brandishing weapons, <laughs> um, Zion Williamson has a different weapon, <laughs> and he's shooting it elsewhere. And then is it twenty nineteen draft class? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Good draft class, isn't it? Um, but he's got a lot of noise around him at the moment. Um, you know, congratulations, he's got a baby on the way. But it also sounds like he's been, yeah, <laughs> getting the the local porn stars in, into the area to to um be his entourage, which is quite amusing. Do you think the Pelicans are gonna? Look at his <laughs> private life and consider his future. I'm still getting over the uh, the uh, the sort of sly little uh, comment there with the shooting, but um, yeah, yeah, 2019 draft, great, great. First two picks could be uh, could could be missing a lot of next season if they're not looking after themselves because Zion's obviously got the physical element um, and probably a bit of psychological, but uh, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't think you can really punish him for the off-court off stuff and, and the drama going on between like these baby mamas coming out on social media and saying, you, you know, you got to be pregnant or, you know, you need, you know, because I don't want to stereotype it, but obviously 
for them to go out on social media they want the attention for it potentially and, and maybe want some money out yeah of it. potentially yep there you know Ooh. it seems like one comes out then another few come out see you don't know which ones are telling the truth of course but there is some video, uh, video footage on the old socials mm-hmm. uh, to back up what they're what they're claiming but yeah aside from the private life i think you know he's been in the league a few years now but he's barely played really um he's been in and out of injury mm-hmm. um, which you kind of expect a little bit because of his explosiveness um but yeah do, do you to get to a point where i mean you're like from Embiid, you had to wait a few years for him to him to get going so do the pelicans stay patient um and wait for him to be fully healthy and show his full potential. Or do they trade him for, you know, package him up and trade him elsewhere and start again? I think, yeah, a little bit different though, because Embiid was trying to, Embiid was working on his game. If he wasn't injured for those two years, he wouldn't be as, as good of a shooter as he is. Um, whereas with with Zion, it seems like, obviously he's got to work on his game. He's not exactly, you know, a, a not that he needs to be a lead, hey, but a decent. Hey, he's, he's, he's working on some game. He's working on some game. He's working it ain't, on some it ain't, it ain't basketball. No, it's not, his, it's not his three point shot or his, uh, or his deep two. So yeah. So for me, he's got to, he's got to, he's got to get his mindset in the right place. The Pelicans apparently aren't going. I saw some of them saying they're going to move on from some that they weren't. I've I've also seen mixed reviews about them moving up the draft and trying to draft closer. And we've seen other rumours. So it's kind of like, it'll be interesting to see what happens as we approach the draft. And then we'll get onto the draft in a sec, but that'll be the telling story of what the Pelicans are doing. Because if they move up, then I think that means that they're looking to potentially look for a new face of the franchise. And they, and they are not necessarily done with Zeal, but like kind of like, right, let's get someone else in who's our superstar, and that might motivate him a little bit more, having that secondary player that could be a superstar. Or whether they can work something out in a trade where they can get a, a veteran or someone in that can that is a former superstar, maybe. So it's, it's going to see... A, it'll be interesting off-season to see what they do. That's going to be the yeah, story. I guess every off-season is very interesting uh, with all the trade rumours. Um, every day, you know, people... Plugging, I think you said, you said previously about the uh, what's that trade machine everyone uses, and then suddenly it's an idea and it's thrown out into the into the atmosphere, and suddenly everyone jumps on it. And obviously, we heard about Chris Paul being waived a few weeks back, and yes, you know, I don't know how many times I saw tweets about CP3 coming to the Lakers. That was like the instant instant link, and I feel it's a bit lazy. Um, you know, obviously, with all the reasons that he could go to the Lakers, but you just don't know these days what's going to happen at all. You just got to wait till the, you know, you see a Woj bomb or a Sham bomb, and uh, when it's official, to be honest. Mm. And I think, I think with, with the whole Zion thing, I think it's obviously important for every franchi- franchise to to draft well. And you know, we got this this year's draft coming up next week. Number yes. one pick is pretty cemented. Spurs yeah. fans probably. Well, first fans celebrated picking Victor before we even get anywhere near the draft. There's an argument for two and three. Is it going to be Scoot second or Brandon Miller second? Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, apart from that, I don't really know much about the draft class coming in. Obviously, you watch NCAA, so you know a bit more about the college prospects. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, I'd, I'd probably, I mean, it depends, but I, I think Miller is, is a legit, the thing that let, let Miller down was, was, was the fact the NCAA with, with March Madness, um, and, and a lot of people put a lot of stock in that, you know, and, and I think that's why with, you can, you can see sometimes that drafts are, are built around that. And it doesn't always mean that a player that performs or leads his team to the, you know, to wherever in, in, in the, in, in, in the college ranks would then do it in the NBA. And actually the Sixers benefited from the, the COVID season where there was no March, March madness because we picked up Maxi. And if he played in that, he probably would have been potentially picked up earlier in the draft. So people put too much stock into March madness, but it's good to watch. It's like, you know, for us, it's, it's our usual thing. It's like, you know, it's one and done. That's how, how footy soccer cup competitions work once you're at the group stages um, and, 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 you know, once you're at that qualification stage. So yeah, it's the fact they went out, you know, I'd say early, you know, Sweet 16 is not really where you expect Alabama to go out when they're a powerhouse anyway. So I think that affects his stock draft. But yeah, I'd st I'd still go. I would go Miller. And I, I've got a slight bias. I, I think a player that could go in the top five, not guaranteed, could be uh, could be Cam Whitmore from Villanova. Um, but yeah, that that's... There was there's a lot of interesting things with the draft. It's it's a lot of step stuff gets put into. Uh, yeah, I think what really fascinates me about the draft is that you know it's all in good getting the lottery picks and you know the top picks and that, but there's so much to 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 cater for. You know, skill mm -hmm. set, personality. You know, what's the player's floor? What's the player's you know ceiling? There's there's so much to think about. You know, like. Like we're just talking about Jar and Zion, obviously top top players. Have they got the right temperament? Have they got the right motivation? What's going on around their, you know, their personal lives? There's all these these things to cater for. You don't you don't have to pick up the a lottery pick to get a decent NBA player. Joe Kidge is, you know, testament to that. And he's you know, there's a long list of players that are later in the draft, second round. Um uh, Denver also picked up that Christian Brown, you know, yeah. he was College-wise, you know, he, I think, did he play the full four years at college? I think maybe teams start looking at, you know, a more seasoned college player and someone who's had a bit more experience in tournaments and high-state games before going for, you know, the flashy first-year college college star and, you know, they, mm -hmm. could, they could flop. So the draft is very interesting, to be honest, you know. It, you know, there's yeah. so many different ways it can go. Yeah, and I think this year, the mock drafts that I've seen, you see a lot more European players coming into them now. Um, so I think you will see you will see some some more players that have played against men. Uh, you know, I know yeah. technically I would say an 18-year-old, 19-year-old is a man, but, you know, you still develop your body. But, yeah, you, you know, you should see people with, you know, Villanova, for example, used to always produce players that spent a couple of years in college. And I've seen a few of the Penn State guys, when I went to watch the Penn State game, a few of the guys are being linked, so they're more second-round picks. But, um, yeah, you know, back in the day, that's what happened. You know, Michael Jordan wasn't a one-and-done guy. You know, that's, yeah. that's that seems to be the sort of norm now where 
you do it, but actually a lot of the players that played and you know, your birds, your, your Barclays, you, you know, those guys, they didn't play just one year in college, but it's a one and done. It's the, it's because of the Dukes and the um Kansases of the world that's caused this oh, let's get one player in and do it. But actually you look at Xavier, you look at um at Villanova and teams like that who historically have produced players that have spent three or four years. Yeah, they don't always produce superstars. That's that is correct. But having a good solid rotation player is just as important, you know, as as a uh, as having a superstar. And it might, sometimes if you might have to wait and pick up a free agent superstar rather than draft one. Yeah, we'll get one point, in the second round. Yeah, but as well, you made a good point with the fact that I've forgotten about overseas players. You know, you can pick up players that have played in you know professional leagues for big teams um, that come over here and, you know, they're sort of not necessarily always ready for the NBA, but they might take, they might, you know, progress quicker than a fresh college player. So, yes, yeah. every avenue is interesting in where we go for a college prospect or an overseas player. You know, we've had Don you know, Joker, um, Sengun recently from the Turkish League. Obviously, the Gasal brothers from Spain, like, yeah, yeah, it's very, very interesting, very exciting. So, are we going to do this again next week before the draft or after the draft? Oh, we've got to do a pre-draft and then a post-draft. Yeah, we got to find out who's going to be the Draymond and Green I better or do the, some or the Joker of the draft. Oh, that's that's the aim. Who's going to be this the second round pick that's going to turn out to be an all star? I better do some I research. Do some homework, and I'm going to do some homework on who the Lakers. Yeah, some research, and I'll do some research on who the Lakers are going to pick. So we've got a nice. 17th um first round pick at the moment um so yeah i'll do a bit of i'll do a bit of digging on that yeah for sure yeah we'll do it we'll, we'll dwindle in even though i don't know every single player so i'm not gonna lie but yeah we'll do some research and we'll have a little look and there might be some trades that have happened up to them but yeah we'll try and do it day before the draft or day of the draft yeah we could do it we could do it the day before yeah i think what i think i'll do what you do is look at a few mock drafts and have a few few looks Huge. on the YouTube as well. YouTube, so probably, yeah. YouTube, yeah. Because yeah. in the next year you'll watch March, Which, you March know, Madness and then learn even more. Yeah, I will. Speaking of YouTube, obviously you can catch this episode on YouTube and Sam will upload to Spotify and Apple Music. Indeed. Thank you very much for listening if you made it this far. Yep. Yeah.